Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. My name is Kyle Senra, and as always, joining me is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing? Pretty good, Kyle. Pretty good. How about you? I'm feeling, uh, I can say, charged with energy. Uh, okay. Right off the I know, bat. I know. <laughs> as you can hear, there's a third voice in the, <laughs> the background. Uh, please welcome a uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, writer. He's also the host of the Lightning Round podcast, Mr. Garrett Sisti. Garrett, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, are you going to tell them how this all came about? So what we're doing right now is we're in the middle of our team-by-team previews, uh, trying to look at uh, each team through training camp and preseason, trying to delve into the the fantasy-relevant news and figure out uh, answers to all the questions we have about certain players. And to do that, uh, at Full Press Coverage, we have a lot of uh, great reporters and writers who are working for teams, but unfortunately the Chargers are not one of those teams. It's a recently vacated position, so... Uh, for us to look outwards, uh, my friend Marcus Colbert, shout out uh, to him at, at No Freaking Clue on Twitter. Uh, he uh, just gave me a list of Chargers reporters, and Garrett, he said you were the, the top priority. If I could get you on, it would be the, the best thing I could do for the show. So thankfully for us, you uh, you agreed to come on. Yeah, of course, yeah. And um, very nice of him to list me up top. That's That's very nice, but also in a roundabout way, that makes me your second choice. And I'm very proud that I was able to make your second choice. So I am here. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, man. I really do. It's, uh, I always love talking football. So here we are. And we appreciate uh, you know, great insights on, on all the teams we have. We want to give the best possible news to all of our listeners out there. So. Is there any striking news about the Chargers recently that we should know about before we get into the specific player questions? Sure, yeah. The As of you know, this week, the Chargers just signed the veteran wide receiver Dontrell Inman, um, a wide receiver that was with the team early on, uh, kind of went around the league for a couple years. He was just with the Patriots. Uh, they released him to make room for Josh Gordon, which meant that Philip Rivers got on the phone, texted Dontrell Inman, and he is now with the Chargers, which means the wide receiver depth chart gets shaken up a little bit. The wide receiver three was going to be Travis Benjamin. He now has competition with the veteran Dontrell Inman. So uh, it had, you know, today was the first day of practice uh, with Inman. He's not there yet, but uh, when he does, there's going to be a competition for that third wide receiver spot. Uh, now, okay, well, that was one of our questions. Was that third wide receiver spot? So uh, let's delve into it right now. Um, so, beside from Travis Benjamin and John Trellinman, is there anyone else that's in the the running for that job? Uh, for wide receiver three, no. Uh, one and two are locked in. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen's a little bit hobbled, and uh, he should be good to go week one. He was at practice today, uh, but they were kind of taking it easy with him, so he should be good week one. But um, outside of Williams and Allen. It is between Travis Benjamin, who's been the wide receiver three, and uh, and now Dontrell Inman. The guys behind him are Artavis Scott and Jeremy Davis, uh, neither of which are you know real threats to make the roster or at least make that third wide receiver spot and to get any playing time. Um, they'll be mostly special team players at that point. So uh, right now for that wide receiver three, it's between Travis Benjamin and Dontrell Inman. I assume Benjamin will probably get the start as a week one because he's been with the team and um, and he knows the system. He's been the wide receiver three going into camp throughout all of camp. He hasn't played any preseason games yet, but 
I assume they're going to roll with him early on. It'll be Travis Benjamin, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. All right. Well, I have to interject here because it's me, and I love interjecting, as Kyle knows. Um, The Chargers, for me, you guys have a special place in my heart because you guys picked up uh, Dietrich Newsome. He went to my university, and um, I watched him play, and it was a real honor to um, talk to the guy face-to-face, and you guys, he's now on Chargers. Um, I'm looking at the depth chart, which this ties into a question we have. Melvin Gordon. I know, I know you don't want to get there, but uh, we have to go there. Melvin Gordon, it, will he be traded? Because he doesn't want to show up to camp. It doesn't seem like that they're going to pay him. And I'm looking at his unofficial depth chart, and I'm seeing Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and Detrez Newsom as the top three. What's going on with that situation? Because that's major for fantasy players. Yeah, no, it's it has definitely major fantasy implications. And, uh, you know, of course, I don't mind talking about it. But uh, even as of, you know, just a couple of minutes ago, before we even got on, Ian Rappaport reported that this is going to go long into the season. Uh, it does not look like they will make a some come to any agreement before the season starts. So uh, this is going to bleed into the regular season. And um, I, in terms of your question being traded, uh, I do not see that happening. At all, really, because they have a lot of guys they have to pay. And this is what it really comes down to. Uh, coming up, the Chargers have to uh, re-sign Philip Rivers, whose contract ends after 2019. They've got Hunter Henry. they got Joey Bosa. Desmond King has been really good for them, not only on defense, but on special teams. There's a lot of guys that they're going to have to pay pretty soon. Uh, Keenan Allen, Russell Okung, a couple years forward from here. So there's a lot of guys they got to keep in mind when they're shelling out some money. And right now, Melvin Gordon is a priority. So uh, they're not willing to give him more than $10 million a year. He wants more than that. Melvin Gordon's camp said they're about 3 to $4 million off, and there isn't any real wiggle room there. So uh, Melvin Gordon's agent even said that the, the uh, contract that the Chargers even offered was considered disrespectful. So it's going to bleed into the season. Uh, the real date here is week 10 because that's when Melvin Gordon can still play make a playoff run and kind of boost his stock for the uh, free agency in 2020. Um, I think that's probably a good date. That's as long as he can hold out before his whole season's over. Uh, But, you know, I just don't see any way that they make a trade because they can't take on any more money. So I I don't see that happening unless it's a short-term answer, but they love Melvin Gordon. So uh, there's no trade going on with Melvin Gordon. If you draft Melvin Gordon in fantasy, you got to wait at least 10, 11 weeks. And are you going to hold on to Melvin Gordon on your bench? Are you going to waste a, a bench spot on Gordon? That's, that's tough. It's just like Ezekiel Elliott right now. But if you want to expect Melvin Gordon, it's probably around week 10, if at all. And the week 10 deadline, if he doesn't match it, is it he will then not accrue this season towards free agency and still owe the Chargers a year? Uh, nope. Uh, it'll be void. He will have He will be a free agent as of 2020. The Chargers can still t- uh, franchise tag him which is another subplot that nobody's really talking about. They could really drag this on for two more years if the Chargers really wanted to. They could franchise tag him twice. But um, I think at a certain point, the Chargers are going to talk to them uh, in the offseason if he doesn't play after Week 10 and see if he'll come back for a cheaper price or just let him walk at that point. Isn't that pretty much what happened with Le'Veon Bell? He got franchise tagged for two years, just dragged on? Yep, on and on. Until it couldn't anymore, and that's... That's kind of what it is here. I don't see the Chargers making this that ugly where they drag it on for two more years. But, you know, there, there isn't any end in sight right now. But that week 10 
is where I think Melvin Gordon could just, you know, relent a little bit and try to at least get his feet under him and remind teams that he is worth something. And maybe at that point, the Chargers are in the playoff hunt and uh, he can push him deep into the playoffs and, you know, prove his worth a little bit. But um, any time before that, I just I just don't see them making sense financially of the two. They're just too far apart right now. What we've seen with Melvin Gordon last few years is great starts to season, but it seems like he always gets hurt. So in a weird kind of way, this may be a positive aspect to that, that when uh, fantasy managers need him most in the fantasy playoffs, he'll actually probably be there and be healthy if he does, in fact, return by week 10. But there is risk. Um, so it's really tough to envision drafting him really early. I know I was in a draft over the weekend, and I think he fell to the sixth or seventh round mm-hmm. just because none of us were really to, willing to take a shot. I mean, I... Definitely took Josh Jacobs ahead of him because I just felt in the rookie there's less risk right now. Yeah. No, and you're going to get a lot more production. And there's a whole lot of upside there too with Josh Jacobs. So, you know, and if, again, you're going to be wasting a roster spot just holding on to Melvin Gordon for at at least, at the very least, 10 weeks. That hurts. I mean, especially you're looking at a 26-year-old guy who is pretty much in a Le'Veon Bell situation as far as injuries are concerned. I, I will never trust Gordon. I actually, I was in a draft and um, it auto drafted Melvin Gordon, and I put out feelers to see who wants to trade from. I got offered rookies. <laughs> I accepted one of those because Josh Jacobs was involved in that trade. Yeah, so I guess we're like minded in that sense, less combative <laughs> than usual. <laughs> I mean, uh, but now, now that we know that we should expect a long absence with Gordon. What are we going to do with the running back in the meantime? Who's going to lead the charge, so to speak, for the Bolts? So uh, right now, throughout the preseason and training camp, Austin Eckler's been the uh, starting running back. He's gotten a lot of work, and if you're in PPR leagues, he's the man to have because he's done so much damage through the air. Um, the man that's got the bulk of the carries on the ground throughout four quarters has been Justin Jackson, or at least through the first two games. They haven't played through the first four quarters. But um, Justin Jackson has got more carries, even on their last preseason game against the Saints. They had a third and one, and both times they gave it to Justin Jackson to try to pound it between the creases. They didn't get it. But uh, he seems to be the guy that they're going to hand it off to. And so if you're in a PPR league, uh, Austin Eckler is going to be the guy. I think he's just going to get the sheer volume of the not only carries, but the catches through the air. And he's done a lot of damage so far. And without Melvin Gordon breathing down his neck, they're going to be able to open up the playbook a lot for him. So uh, he's a he's a pretty good flex option probably right now. Um, he might be able to sneak into RB2. But uh, Austin Eckler has been, been the guy that's got a lot of the carries and a lot of the um, – the catches through the air. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, Dietrich Newsom and uh, another running back, Troy Main Pope are competing for that running back three spot. The chargers are going to want to do a three headed tandem here. So in that respect, you kind of got to be wary of who you're drafting and when, because it's not like the chargers have a bell cow back. That was Melvin Gordon and he's not here. So what they're going to end up doing is uh, splitting it between three guys, but the person who's going to get the most touches is going to be Austin Eckler. So, again, lots of receptions. I mean, I was looking at his game log. Last year, he had an 11-target game. So even when Gordon was there last year, he was still involved in the passing game. So definitely would expect that to continue because Gordon himself was also pretty involved in the passing game. So it seems that Eckler is just going to eat most of that passing down work. And then the early down stuff seems like it's going to be split. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does Justin Jackson have a good touchdown upside? You mentioned the, the short yardage stuff. Is that uh, maybe a role that he can carve out and get, uh, I don't know, five, six, seven touchdowns this year? 
I, you know, I think it, that's definitely close. I think if you're if you're a betting man, that's a push. I think six seven is a a good number. You know, he's he's only playing a handful of games. He didn't play for most of last year, but towards the end, he had a really big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a pivotal game for the Chargers. And um, you know, that was a that was a game where he was the featured back, and he really showed up. And he's he's also got some catchability too. But Austin Eckler is going to get the volume. But, yeah, you can expect both uh, Eckler and Justin Jackson getting a lot of the goal line work, but Justin Jackson probably getting more than Eckler. So um, if you're in a if you're in a touchdown-heavy league, depending on your scoring, yeah, Justin Jackson's probably your guy because he's going to get a lot of those early goal line carries. I want to interject something. Um, as far as handcuffs goes, and we all know we, we all hate a good handcuff, um, is Austin Eckler handcuffed to Justin Jackson or – is Austin Eckler handcuffed to a wide receiver like Keenan Allen, or is he, or is Justin Jackson handcuffed to uh, Detrez, or like what? Because I know there's a handcuff there. Mm-hmm. Just a, I've heard too many handcuffs, and I want to hear more for someone who's on the poll, so I'm more on the source. I want to say it's Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson; they're handcuffed together. But who do you think is the handcuff in this situation? Because you said once for one and once for the other. Who who we go with? Yeah, Austin Eckler's the man to draft first, and then his handcuff's going to be Justin Jackson. Those two are going to be handcuffed together. Once one goes down, the other one's going to get the majority of the carries and the, the targets through the air. So uh, if you're drafting Austin Eckler, your uh, your handcuff's going to be Justin Jackson. So let's uh, shift back to receiver now. Um, you've already mentioned kind of something we were going to bring up. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen is the starting, is the number one guy, really, probably going to lead the team in targets again. And I'm assuming he's going to play most in the slot. Is that correct, Garrett? Yeah, yeah, he gets a lot of it on the slot. A lot, he gets it everywhere. I mean, they move Keenan Allen around so much that he's just—he's a mismatch everywhere on the field. But yeah, I mean, he's your—he's your PPR monster. He's going to get, you know, ten plus targets every game. The—the uh, the only downside is he's not a touchdown-heavy wide receiver. Um, he doesn't get a ton of touchdowns, but he's going to get you a ton of points. And uh, that transitions perfectly into the very next question. Uh, where we're talking <laughs> about uh, that touchdown upside at receiver. Philip Rivers seems to like to latch on to one particular person. For years, it was Antonio Gates. Uh, And now there's kind of, in my mind, two options, and I think uh, it's fair to say that. Uh, Two potential options who could be uh, very good primary red zone weapons. So between Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, who would you bank on as being sort of the number two behind Keenan Allen and that, you know, prioritized red zone weapon? Uh, I would say it's Hunter Henry. I think it's really close. I think that's a really good question because Mike Williams is definitely going to get his, but I think it's Hunter Henry. Um, when he was healthy, he was Rivers' number one target. Even you know That was back when uh, Gates was even on the roster. Uh, Hunter Henry was outperforming Gates. Uh, he is a third down weapon. He is a very good red zone weapon as well. He's going to be very touchdown heavy. And, you know, Mike, Mike Williams is tough because, you know, he's going to be a very boomer best bust type of wide receiver for you because he's never had a hundred yard receiving game in his career. In fact, the uh, most catches he's ever had in the game is I think seven, which wasn't, a, wasn't a ton. He had, I think it was seven catches, 76 yards last year against the, uh, the chiefs, but he's going to get you two touchdowns sometimes. I mean, sometimes he's going to have a four catch 25 yard game with two touchdowns. So he's very boomer bust. Um, if you're in a PPR, he's, he's going to be real tough because he's a, he doesn't get a, a ton of targets. Uh, he's never got 10 in his career. And so uh, if you're talking about red zone weapon, I think Hunter Henry's the guy to have. Well, I don't know. I, I, I know we're talking about Hunter Henry and all, but 
you said before because he went down. What was it, an ACL tear last year? Hunter Henry, that, yeah, yeah. How is he? Is is he going to be the Hunter Henry know and love, or is he going to be, you know, a little bit hesitant? Because, like you said, I mean, he's a big target. He's a big thing, and Phil Rivers loves to target the tight end. So, is this something we should be worried about? Like, is he like back to being that touchdown red zone guy, or is he, uh, you know, working it in? Hunter Henry's been the man in training camp so far. He uh, came back late in the playoffs last year against the Patriots. Didn't get a target, but that's right around when he's starting to feel a little hesitant, trying to get his footing back a little bit with a full offseason recovery. Now back into camp, he looks refreshed. Uh, He is definitely Rivers' favorite target throughout training camp. Um, He is looking really good in the run game as a blocker, so they're just not going to take him off the field. He's going to be in there on rundowns and on pass downs, and he's been a solid weapon for Philip Rivers, who – Hasn't played in the preseason yet, but Hunter Henry's got his in the preseason so far. A couple catches before they take him out, but he's he's ready to go. I mean, they, you know, they talk about a breakout year each year, and of course it was supposed to be last year, and he had that bad injury, which was tough, but then here we are. This is supposed to be the year. So if you're banking on some real upside, Hunter Henry's ready to go. Well, awesome. And I mean, yeah, that long of a recovery time, we would hope that at this point everything would be good. Yeah, uh, everything's I mean, great so far. Just to look elsewhere in Los Angeles, I mean, we're hearing Cooper Cup, who tore his ACL week 10 last year. He seems like he's going to be on track for week one. So, yeah, they're definitely, uh, I know I expected Hunter Henry to be a full go right from week one. So, uh, yeah, maybe he does step in. And uh, so you, are you expecting him to be, at the end of the season, number two on the team in targets? Or do you think that may go to Eckler or, or Mike Williams? You know, uh, let's after Keenan Allen, that's a good question because I, I think it comes down to Eckler and Hunter Henry, and I think they're going to be really, really close. But I would just say because of the sheer volume that uh, Rivers loves to dump off to Eckler too, I would say Eckler's probably two, and then a close third would be Hunter Henry. But because of the nature of where Eckler's getting the passes, is it fair to say that Henry will probably have more receiving yards? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, now, uh-huh. I know Mike Williams last year, he, I mean, he didn't see a lot of snaps, not compared to Tyrell Williams. Do you think his uh, snap count goes up, especially in two wide receiver sets, now that Tyrell Williams is no longer part of the team? Yeah, uh, you know, they kind of faced Tyrell Williams to wide receiver three throughout the season last year in 2018. And, you know, as the season progressed, Mike Williams looked better and better. So, you know, I think he's going to get more targets. But again, you know, he's never got more than 10. Even when he was the featured wide receiver, too, and it was Williams and Williams on the outside and Keenan and slot, he still wasn't getting, you know, eight, nine, ten targets. It was still three to seven. Um, so, you know, he's going he's gonna to get his chances to catch balls. There's not going to be any games where he's not going to have any. But, you know, it just it seems like uh, he's going to be about as he was towards the end of the year. And, you know, that's averaging about you know, maybe five catches to 70 some odd yards, which, which isn't bad. That's not um, terrible. Um, I, no. <laughs> I, I do have a question about um, Travis Benjamin. What, what do you think of him? I've been hearing his name in camp a little bit, that he's like a dark horse wide receiver, that he can have a breakout, but it's not likely with so many ta- so much talented around him. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, when they signed him from Cleveland, he was a thousand yard receiver, electric return man. And now, you know, he's no longer a return man. And he's been 
uh, pushed down the depth chart to at one point wide receiver four last year. He was more of a gadget player. Um, you know, his speed is unmatched. You know, he's got world-class speed. So another one of these guys that, you know, might have three or four touchdowns and it's going to be, you know, one catch for 75 yards. He's going to break a couple off and he's going to take over that role of Tyrell Williams trying to stretch the field a little bit more. And, you know, it, yes, he's a dark horse and he's looked great in pre in, uh, in training camp. Uh, that's because they're not, you know, in pads quite yet and they're not getting physical at all. He's just running by guys because he does that almost every year. So, you know, he's not really a guy to own. I mean, if he, if you're trying to pick up something, I think there's a lot better choices with guys with upside than a Travis Benjamin. Yeah, yes, he'll catch a, a, a pass or two. And if there's an injury with Keenan or Mike Williams, he might be a waiver wire pickup later on. But uh, early on, he's not really draftable. Well, you kind of touched on two things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Injuries and defense. Derwin James, what is the full story there? I've heard that he's hurt and going to be out for a little while. Right, and then another story is he fractured his foot and that he's going to be out for months. What, what's the official word on that? So he's going to be out three to four months. Okay. But um, he had a screw put into his foot when he was in Florida State in college. And um, he twisted his foot on an interception, of course, to Drew Brees in practice. Uh, as he's jogging away, uh, he feels a little uh, – he came up a little limp and uh, was kind of gingerly walking to the sideline, and they found out that that screw bent. So he's going to mm. have to have that replaced. In fact, that's going to be replaced today. And um, uh, he's going to be out three to four months, which means he's not going to be back till you know, week 12 or 13 if he's ready to go. Uh, recovery time is different for everybody. He could be before that timeline, could be after that timeline. But a lot like how they had it with Hunter Henry last year, it's going to be, you know, the last five weeks of the season is, you know, is Derwin James ready to go in? Is he, you know, is he healthy now? Is he comfortable enough to go in? And maybe he's ready during the playoffs. We don't know. But uh, three to four months puts him towards the, uh, he's going to miss the first three-fourths of the season. So what was that spell for your defense? I know you guys are not strongest at safety. You know, I know Desmond King is a, he's a, corner that could play safety but i mean i really don't see much uh talent back there in the in the very last as i like to call the um the push the red button panic zone yet yeah so they they just drafted nasir adderley to play free safety um they've got another guy named rayshon jenkins playing there um but in terms of derwin james role which was kind of everywhere he played linebacker strong safety free safety they lined him up on the line, and he blitzed from time to time. Um, they've got a player who's pretty talented, made the Pro Bowl last year, named Adrian Phillips, who can also do that. He was the nickel linebacker last year in their system that Gus Bradley ran towards the end of that year and into the playoffs that gave uh, Lamar Jackson a lot of trouble in their wildcard game in the playoffs. So, you know, yes, there's no way to replace Derwin James, and uh, it's a huge bummer. Uh, this defense is definitely not as good as it could be with Derwin James. But when you get over the whole shock of it all, they have a pretty good replacement in Adrian Phillips. Uh, it's not going to take a major dip. They've got a rangy safety who can do a lot of different things like Derwin does. So in that respect, they're pretty lucky because if it happened on any other position group on this roster, you couldn't say that. And they'd be in some serious trouble. So um, as far as Derwin James, he's irreplaceable. You know, hopefully he comes back towards the end of the year. But they've got a pretty good replacement in Adrian Phillips, and they should be okay. 
Well, I'm just looking at fans' perspective for drafting defenses. So, I mean, you guys got a solid defense. I mean, I know you guys picked up Thomas Davis Sr. from Carolina after they cut him, and that, that's a solid linebacker spot. Plus, you got that deadly duo of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram up there in the front. So, it, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a solid defense to begin with, but that Darren James, that, that, that was a hard hit, but I'm just – Try and gauge how hard of a hit, whether I should stay away from the Chargers or not. No, I would buy in. I would, I would absolutely buy in. They're a top five. They're still a top five defense. They're probably in the discussion for the best defense in football with Derwin James. Now I think they're still top five. You know, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, of course, Des King getting a lot of turnovers. Uh, Casey Hayward looks like he's back from two years ago when he made the Pro Bowl and led the league in interceptions. Uh, one of the best corners in the league. They, you know, added some versatility in the back end. They see Adderley. They've got Adrian Phillips, who was a Pro Bowler last year. And then their first round pick, Jerry Tillery, had a really good game against the Saints and showed some of that athleticism from the inside. So there's some talent there on that defense, and they just seem to get be getting a little bit better. There isn't a ton of turnover. But the pieces they added, they needed. They needed a new free safety. They got Nasir Adderley. They needed help in the interior. They ended up getting Jerry Tillery. They needed linebacker help. They got Thomas Davis. And they also drafted Drew Tranquil and Emeka Boule. So they've got some good depth, some young guys, some veterans. They're mixing and matching these pieces. And they basically said, our defense is going to win us football games. And that's what happened last year. So they went all in on defense, not only in free agency, but in the draft. And so you're seeing that they, they know that Look, you know, if even if Melvin Gordon doesn't come back, the, you know, it wasn't going to fall on this offense. It's going to fall on the defense. And that's what happened last year. It took them to 12-4, and four, and they just got a little bit better. Now, losing Derwin James, of course, you know, takes a little bit of a dip, but still, they're, they're a top-five defense. I like to hear that because I actually just picked them up in an auction league last year for the <laughs> – or last night for the minimum price. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I know the one thing about fantasy defense is – you know, the, the massive scores usually come from a pick six or, a, you know, a, a fumble recovery, a, a touchdown of some sort. And those can be hard to predict. But to get a bit of a floor performance at defense, it usually comes from a pass rush. And with yeah. Ingram and Bosa, that's a pretty deadly duo. So I, I still felt confident enough in their ability to get after the quarterback, at least pick up sacks. And maybe that leads to some forced throws, some interceptions. Yeah. And, you know, Joey Bosa didn't play for the first eight games of the season last year. And you think about how good that defense was last year. And now he's fully healthy. He wasn't even fully healthy last year. So you got a fully healthy Joey Bosa, uh, Casey Hayward, who's coming back to form. Yeah, they're, they, you know, they've got the right pieces. Uh, Derwin James obviously hurts, no doubt about it. So, uh, Alessandro, I know you like to usually ask this question, but uh, I'm going to steal your spotlight here. Uh, so, 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 Garrett, are there any uh, undrafted players, any sleepers, any under the radar chargers that? fantasy managers are probably not talking about but at least should be aware of no um you know i think we touched on all of them today but um i will say everybody steers away from philip rivers in every fantasy draft and every year he outperforms where he's being drafted so i'm just saying when you're looking for a qb2 there is probably not going to be a better one and maybe a low-end qb1 depending on you know how many guys you have in your league but when you're looking for a quarterback and you need a a, um, a quarterback to fill in on your bye. Uh, one of your quarterbacks gets injured. Having a guy like Philip Rivers, you're not going to have that big of a drop off. And everybody sleeps on Philip Rivers. And every year he does well and outperforms his draft stock. So I'll just throw that out there. 
I know for me, actually, I like taking him in single quarterback leagues, especially when I have a lot of receivers that are boom bust and low right. risk because Rivers kind of gives you that solid floor every week. He can he can get you that 15 points, 20 points you need every week. He's never, you know, rarely does he ever get a huge five touchdown game or score any rushing touchdowns to give that huge 30 point fantasy weeks. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you believe in the rest of your team and you just want a quarterback that's not going to lose you games and going to give you that solid production, I, I do really like Philip Rivers. Yeah, and you're talking to a guy that I, I notoriously weigh on quarterbacks in fantasy drafts, and I, I know you guys know the, the upside of doing that. So waiting on a guy and getting somebody like uh, Phillip Rivers is you know going back-to-back on quarterback if you have to, but kind of filling out your roster, running back, tight end, wide receiver, getting the best you can and waiting on quarterbacks and getting Rivers later, it always ends up paying off. All right, uh, Alessandro, any final comments for Garrett? First off, you're killing me here. I like my undrafted rookies. I need, I mean my, I need my long shot stories. You know, I know this is. I still it's got tough. a long shot story on there with my boy Detrez, but um, there are two things I want to ask you. Number one, you guys picked up a bunch of undrafted rookies. I, I know, I know, you said there's none to you know brag about or turn into the spotlight, but are there any dark horse, dark horse rookies? that can make it and it could be it could be on the offense or defense i mean obviously you have really good defense so i'm just well if he could make it better or not i just want to know is there any guys that you think can make it like thomas costion or um bradford lemons like so like some guy that could be there probably lemons more since he's a, a db more so yeah, so I so I thought you guys were just talking uh, fantasy perspective because there isn't any rookies on the offense, any running backs, tight ends, wide receivers that would make this roster or you know could help you in fantasy. But uh, they have a safety named Roger Teamer who uh, is looking really good with the injury to Derwin James. They have a spot open uh, right now. It's between him and Jalen Watkins, a kid that's uh, looked really good on defense. He actually played the Derwin James role. Uh, in game two against the Saints. He played some free safety, strong safety linebacker, lined up on the D-line, really versatile, was their best special teams player. Uh, Roderick Teamer is a guy to look out for in terms of undrafted free agents. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Chargers have a record in keeping undrafted free agents every single year, and they've oh, had yeah. one for a while. So um, I think if you're, if you're a betting man, Roderick Teamer is your guy, your undrafted free agent that could uh, end up making this roster. I don't know if they keep five safeties, but – uh, he's definitely in the running, for sure. And in terms of rookies, everybody's talking about Jerry Tillery. After they drafted Jerry Tillery, everybody was talking about how uh, Tillery should have gone higher and uh, they couldn't believe he fell and that he's kind of a dark horse to be defensive rookie of the year. He's that good and has that much potential. So, you know, a, a guy that put, didn't put a ton of work on tape, so I think teams kind of stayed away from him, but the Chargers bet on him, his elite athleticism at his size and they needed help in the defensive interior, and he looked like a monster on Sunday against the Saints. Had a really good sack, had really good hand usage, explosion off the line. So if you're looking at a defense rookie of the year, there's a lot of guys that people are talking about. But you know, Jerry Tillery is in the conversation at least right now. Okay, I mean he, I mean he, while he doesn't present any direct fantasy implications, like you know. Some rookie that just like is a wide receiver, he's on a team with a bro- bunch of broken wide receivers. I mean, this is a major thing because you know of the Derwin James um, injury, but 
doesn't mean that he can't help a defense get better. I mean, that, there's yeah, always yeah. that one rookie. So that's why I asked what's the dark horse, so to speak, um, fantasy person, what's a dark horse rookie for those who are in rookie leagues and uh, for leagues that take defenders. Because um, just, just uh, not too while ago, I had a friend of mine ask me, because uh, she's in a defender league, who uh, where they draft individual positions, who should she take? And, you know, I, I usually like to steer them towards rookies that have massive upside, so. Yeah, well, yeah, and if you're talking about upside, that you know, Tillery's arguably one of the best of them. He's, he's got some untapped potential. He didn't uh, get the display in college, and here he is in the NFL. So he's, he's definitely got some upside. And, you know, the kid from Tulane, Roger Teamers, your UDFA this year for the Chargers. All right, then. Uh, Garrett, thank you very much for bringing us all that insight about the Chargers. Uh, is there anything you want to plug, uh, any work you're on right now, maybe your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. The uh, podcast is Lightning Round. And uh, also have another one called Score More with Garrett Sisti, where I break down the um, Chargers' upcoming opponents. And uh, that's it. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we appreciate you being on. This was the Chargers episode of the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. We're part of the Full Press Radio Network, and now our podcast is syndicated not only on the radio network, but where you can ever you can find podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, we're, Spotify. We're Spotify, Spotify, and that's another popular one. So yeah, uh, we're all over the place. Check us out. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at fpc underscore fantasy pod. Uh, as well as the website uh, full press coverage at fp coverage you can follow my co-host alessandro at am underscore senator our absent co-host dean williams at fpc eagles and myself kyle senra at yama underscore ks thank you for listening to the full press fantasy podcast